0: Buddy, Hi, friends. Well, on a beautiful sunny day in Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher.
1: And coming up on the show today, Dan, we're going to be talking about uh, superstitions and mm. uh, unlucky numbers and knocking on wood, so forth and so on.
0: In, you know, and, in, uh, in the immortal words of one Stephen Wonder... Mm-hmm. When you believe in things that you don't understand, then you suffer. Oh. Well, all right. Superstition's not the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I love um, that song. That is one of the grand, great songs of all time. But, Ironic that it was sung by a hyper-Christian. Yeah. Anyway,
1: go on. But. Well, that's the thing, though, Dan. Everybody dislikes other people's superstition.
0: <laughs> right? All right. They're Uh, being ridiculous, (laughs) but I'm being totally reasonable. Exactly. All right. um,
1: First up, we have uh, some stories of the week that we need to get through. And this one, you know how there have been recent uh, court decisions, U.S. Supreme Court decisions that are basically now allowing businesses to um, enforce their owners' religious They're beliefs. sincerely
0: held religious yes. beliefs
1: and uh, and so you in th- this this story is ultimate ultimately an example of what happens uh, yeah. when when you go down this road.
0: Wait, you're um, saying that
1: there might be consequences. there might be consequences. and we've we've heard of like, you know, employer based uh, health insurance uh, being kind of an issue mm. right with with this, this specific topic, right? Where the employer doesn't like. You know, some, some activity birth birth control. Right. And so they refuse to cover birth control. This one has to do with a company that doesn't like, uh, trans people. Well, why would they,
0: uh, out there being a gender? They weren't assigned at birth. It's, it's very troubling. (laughs) Indeed.
1: Uh, it's a manufacturing company, in fact, and one of their machinists, uh, Lillian Bernier who's been an employee of, of the company since uh, which is called Turbocam, uh, oh, since yeah. 2019 she began transitioning uh, a year into uh, her employment with them and because they have a mission as a manufacturing company that has machinists in their employ that uh you know is all about god right Mm. which doesn't make an ounce of sense that's not their mission their mission is not to give glory to god manufacturing Um,
0: for jesus
1: right that's not that cannot be a thing that cannot (laughs) that can that that's if you want to be a religious organization then be a religious organization But if you're making cogs and sprockets or whatnot right like um unless you're printing bibles Shut the fuck up. Which, cogs and sprockets, yes, I was thinking of the Jetsons. Everybody. Of course you were. <laughs> I don't know how that just happened. But anyway, so, yeah, um, their health insurance does not cover anything trans, basically. No right? no, no, gender-affirming care. Exactly, right. Even though this is uh, health care that their yeah. employee needs uh, because... The the company will not pay for gender dysphoria treatment, uh, including but not limited to counseling, gender reassignment, surgery, or hormone therapy, uh, and related preoperative and postoperative procedures, which as their objective change the person's sex and any related complications. So they're not going near it. Well, uh, Bernier is suing. Um, Good. Because uh, uh, she feels like and along with her lawyers, they feel like this is the companies in New Hampshire, uh, that it is a, um, a violation of the state's Human Rights Act and uh, the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which, of course, is a uh, federal law uh, yeah. and the Americans with Disabilities Act. And so That's tricky.
0: Do, does, is there a danger it, that they're labeling trans a disability? Um, I don't know. I don't know how they would be applying it.
1: But um, I would assume, yeah, I'm not. not I mean, look,
0: I want them to use the law in any way they can to get this woman money, right? But uh, but that seems a little that that seems a little hmm to me. I'm sure maybe some of our legal experts out there. I'm sure there's like
1: something in the Americans with Disabilities Act that isn't specifically about you know disability, right? um that this is applying to. Like I remember there being something about the American, like just a, at work in some training, we were talking about the American With Disabilities Act. Um as far as like healthcare, like I'm I'm fairly confident that it somehow extends into a, that it's more broad and it has mm-hmm. been applied more broadly. That's kind of what I remember than than but, how you might uh expect it to have been applied. So that's sure. probably why they're using that act. For um, those
0: of you uh, not from these United States, the Americans Dis- with Disabilities Act is actually one of the few, like, successful, good things that our legislatures have ever done. Because uh, it actually protects people with disabilities quite substantially in ways that, like, you know, I, when I went to London with my friend who is a quadriplegic, I, it became very clear that, oh, yeah, not every country has an ADA. Yeah. You,
1: you, yeah. You walk around England and you're like, look at all of these ADA violations.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. You are not complying with the Americans with disabilities act.
1: What's (laughs) happening? No, it's true. It was, um, it's a, it was a very, I think it came into effect in the nineties, if I remember right. And it's been, uh, transformative and it, and it affects, it is so broad and it affects so many different aspects of American life for the better. Right. Yeah. Like, and
0: it turns, it turns out to actually help people without disabilities quite a lot too. Yeah, exactly. So it's and, great.
1: Yeah. But if you've ever noticed that like the curbs in your neighborhood that used to require a step to get up on now have a nice, nice little cutout. I mean, that's the Americans with disabilities act, you know, yeah. like it's, it, it's, it's everything it's, ramps, accessibility ramps, but then it also the goes law. into employment law, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's very
0: broad. Yep. Um, but apparently, uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm just for the record, the official apology, uh, policy of TGIA, which is meaningless, uh, is that being trans is not a disability. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Fair. That's a good point but, to make. Yeah. Whatever, whatever gets, uh, that trans person, the justice that they need. And
1: the healthcare coverage and the healthcare and let's, I mean, this bullshit of companies acting like, I'm sorry, you just can't, you you make, you make some sort of, you know, you, you manufacture something. You're a machine shop for something, right? Like fuck off with the God shit, right? Like, Oh, What? what country do you think you're living in sir (laughs) i just feel like our employment law needs to needs to start extending more into that
0: so much of our law needs to start doing a better job with this sort of thing but we're not there yeah we are definitely not there all right so with that bad news out of the way i've got some good news here and that is that some some new polling has been done by the survey center on american life and what we've got is <laughs> the pandemic has helped a bunch of people. Oh. Uh It has also killed a bunch of people, so I'm not saying it was a good thing. <laughs> but what I am saying is that there were a bunch of Americans who were going to church on the reg or mm-hmm. occasionally who are now uh, not doing that anymore.
2: <laughs> Yay. As we have
0: learned on this show mo- multiple times the second that you like stop, you stop going for a little bit. If it's only a little bit, then uh, then you go back. But if it if you stop going for, you know, six months, a year, whatever, you start to realize that it hasn't made your life worse to stop going to church. So uh, from pre from pre pandemic times, uh, the num- the percent of Americans who regularly attended church before 2020 Mm -hmm. was about 26 percent that regularly Uh, went regularly attended church i assume that that means uh at least more than monthly
1: with with some parts of the country doing the heavy lifting on that one yes indeed
0: our part of the country does a really good (laughs) job with that one (laughs) that was 26 percent before the pandemic in spring of 2022 24 percent okay Uh, pre-pandemic People who occasionally went, uh, and I'm sure I have a definition for what occasionally means here somewhere, but I can't find it. Ten percent of people went occasionally. Okay, N- that dropped to eight percent. Okay, and then thirty nine percent. That's by far the biggest pre in pre pandemic. The by, by far the biggest uh, demographic was thirty nine percent who went infrequently. Uh and now, uh, spring of 2022 has dropped from 39 to 36 percent.
1: Huh, Okay? Uh,
0: I would have expected more on that one.: Yeah, I mean, look, infrequently, there's not a lot of onus on you. If you're going you know, if you're Easter and, and Christmas already, yeah. Uh, yeah, fair can, enough. You can manage Easter and Christmas still. like your life has not changed much. <laughs> but still, even them. Even they lost three percentage points, so it's a pretty significant drop. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and it, if you think about twenty six to twenty four percent of the whole, right? Yeah, like okay, two percentage points. But if you actually like look at that twenty six percent as actually being a community that of a hundred percent of people, right? If that makes right. any sense, right? Like there were churches. What's the percentage of drop off at those churches right. when you look at that? You kind of shift the numbers. In an individual around.
0: congregation, yeah, it's, it's that twenty six to twenty four looks a lot bigger. Yeah, exactly. Well, and we're seeing that here. Like we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but you know, Mormon churches are dropping like flies. Yeah. I was talking to a, a friend uh, just just this week, mm-hmm. and he was saying that in uh, in, a, in an area of the Salt Lake Valley called Daybreak oh yeah uh, salt lakers will know what that is it's kind of stepford here in utah
1: <laughs> it's a planned community it's a master planned community that people yeah. like to shit on because it's a little too cute
0: for them it's actually it's, and it's actually got, the cutest of the master planned communities by far it's it, the amenities are fantastic yeah like it's i definitely
1: but, but it wasn't where it was i would live there
0: but also because the home's- uh, Anyway, if you drive through it, you will be thinking of every dystopian, like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> f- like every movie that's ever tried to present a utopia that was actually a dystopia uh... takes place there. Okay, all right. The recent one with uh, with with Florence Pugh and uh, and and Harry Styles, it takes place there. That's where. Oh, is. they
1: shot it in Daybreak.
0: No, it's just the place that it takes place. Oh, okay. Not in real life, just in uh, in my mind. Anyway, uh, the Mormon church is prominent there, is huge there, but it grew and grew and grew, and then since the pandemic, it is contracting like mad. Hmm. Like something like th- multiple stakes. Those of you without Mormon background, I apologize. A stake is... Like uh, it, it's, a con- it's, it's, it's it's a it's 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 a diocese. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and multiple stakes have been combined into <gasps> a single stake. No, no. Yeah, what are they gonna do? And and multiple wards that right. would be like a congregation combined into single wards. Yeah, it's, w- it, it's yeah. happening, people. No. It's happening.
1: It's true. Well, I mean the whole. Again, we're really talking about Salt Lake here a lot, but like we're talking about Mormons essentially, but
0: look, um, you sculpt with the clay that you've got, <laughs> but the whole, it's
1: basically like the whole Eastern side of the Valley is not very Mormon anymore. No, it's really strange. Like places like Sandy and Draper, you know, it, they're just not as, I mean, still a lot of Mormons. There's still now a lot of Mormons, but like there just aren't. The numbers that there used to be, and it doesn't have that feel. Like there's a feel when you go down into like Provo and Orem, right, and down yeah. U- American Fork, down in Utah County, right. It's creepy. There's a creepiness to the whole thing. You you just don't feel that anymore on the eastern
0: side of the valley. It's really weird. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna get into some quick numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh. So the biggest drop, uh, in terms of people stopping going to church. Mm-hmm. It, it won't surprise you. Liberals, pre-pandemic, <laughs> they were going at thirty-one percent. Now they're forty-six percent. Not Wait. going. I guess. Oh, 46%. not going. Okay. Not going. Yeah, not going at all. Okay. Um, we uh never married. Those who were never married, that was a big drop. Oh, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Churches for families, right? <laughs> well, like, and for people, the church. I,
1: I, I mean, the 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 social aspect of a lot of church and again speaking from a mormon perspective there's so much pressure to like get married have kids yeah and if you're a single person you know never married person you know starting to age like i just i think wards have a mormon wards have a hard time finding a place for you and i can imagine it being uh similar Similar. in other churches conservative churches
0: yeah um, the next biggest category was those aged 18 to 29. No surprise there. Yeah. yeah okay. And then the next biggest category was those aged 30 to 49. Ah, also no surprise. Us. Our that, group. That, that that am we. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's good. Um All right. so yeah. It, it it goes down from there. Men uh dropped out much more than women. Okay. Uh there's something... Yeah, what is it about women that they commit more hard to religion than the men do? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Hmm. We we need to save them. We need to help them. <laughs> Someone oh. please think of the ladies. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> yeah, oh, and it goes down from there.
0: Yeah. yeah. If, uh, surprisingly, a lower education led to more decline in worship. So high school or less uh, is, uh, is, is, has a higher decline than some college, which has a higher decline than uh, college graduates, Wait, which is- has a higher decline than post-graduates. I think that's interesting.
1: That's almost the exact opposite of what you'd expect. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean... You said higher decline for those groups. Yeah. Maybe because we've already the, done everything we can with the college educated and now the rest right. of the rest of the folk are, are catching on.
0: Yeah, something. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I mean, you know, maybe it's just to do with uh they're good at commitment. <laughs> the college the college educated. Who knows?
1: Who knows? All right. Well, Dan, actually, if you're finished, this topic segues nicely uh into my next story which has to do with the Uh, religious composition of the incoming 118th
0: Congress. Ah, and as of right now, we actually like have a house. Yeah. uh, People can be sworn in and stuff. Yeah,
1: I was about to say a functioning house, but. uh, uh, Yeah, that seems like a stretch. It's not going to be functioning. It it functions strictly on paper at this point. I don't know if in reality it's going to be that functional, but uh, they can at least actually establish rules and do what they need to, uh, that way, um, form committees and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, as always the political figures in the United States and our representatives in Congress, uh, are way out of whack. It's way, it's so disproportionate, uh, to the reality on the ground as far as like the religious makeup of Congress. Um, the article points out that nearly three in 10 Americans claim no religious affiliation, but that only two, only two of the 534 incoming members of Congress, um, uh, claim no re- religious affiliation. That's both houses of Congress. Um, wow. It's the house of. Uh, House of Representatives and the Senate and the 534 if anybody out there actually knows that it should be 535 there somebody passed away after being elected and so they're not counting that person Uh, that's why that numbers off but um, the two the the the, are the two people that that represent all of us US Representative uh, Jared Huffman of California right. Uh, who identifies as humanist. And the next one is
0: very disappointing.
1: Uh oh, Kirsten Cinema burr, burr. <laughs> Um I don't know how you guys feel about Kirsten Cinema. I'm not a
0: fan. No, she's just she literally just an agent of chaos. Oh, she has not done anything good for our country except lord throw us into more chaos.
1: Oh, I just I'm so disappointed with Kirsten Cinema. Yeah. Um There are apparently 20 other members of Congress who have unknown religious affiliations because they either uh, did not answer um, the query that was sent to them about this um, or because the answers are otherwise Mm -hmm. muddled, such as in the case of New York Republican uh, George Santos, (laughs)
0: Uh, who is all he he just answered all. Yeah. Uh, What religion do you want me to be? Yeah.
1: Yeah. What the, religion? What, exactly wait, it.
0: you're, you're going to donate? I'm whatever religion you are.
1: <laughs> and so they're not counting whatever he said to, to, to count toward anything. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, 88% of the member, current members of Congress identify as Christian, uh, compared with only 63% of the U.S. adults overall. Uh, that includes 53% of um, Congress who identify as Protestant, and 28% is Catholic, both higher than national rates interesting uh six percent of uh members of congress identify as jewish compared with two percent of the overall population yeah um so this it this really makes me sort of wonder like like i think that the reason that we're not seeing more atheist or non-belief representation in congress is because we are scattered about the country right we're sort of evenly distributed there's few districts in the in the in the country that would maybe be even nearing majority Mm non-belief um in any sort of like official real way and so washington
0: state we got we got a couple really cool places in washington state that are pretty darn non-religious
1: well and i'm just wondering if we need to take over a state or two at this point yeah do we need to designate do we not have a call to atheists, right? <laughs> hey, atheists, move to Washington State or, or wherever, right? Listen,
0: we're taking over Wyoming. Why not? We're just it would be easy. It wouldn't take that many of us. There's, there's, there's only, only, there's only 17 people that live in Wyoming. <laughs> the real number's in the 300 thousands, I believe. And uh, yeah, so so I don't all, know. All we need is. Three hundred thousand people who can work from home. (laughs) Just go out. We'll we'll just take over one city. We'll pick a city that's that's got a that's got gorgeous views. You start with a city and cheap land. Yeah. And uh, and then we'll just call it Liberalton. Yeah. And we'll make that the new capital of uh, of Wyoming. Why not? I don't know. Like, I don't
1: think Wyoming, like, I don't think Wyoming's the answer, but, um, I, like, I'm like, there needs, this needs to happen. Yeah. Would you want to live around a bunch of
0: atheists? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Right. Yes. Definitively. So (laughs) I wouldn't know what to do with myself.
2: Oh,
1: (laughs) would you feel a draw if there was a call made? Would you be like, oh, Yes. Move
0: w- I mean, move west, young man, right? Like we need <laughs> something like that. I'd be tempted. I'd be tempted. If we all if we were all gonna do if it was really happening, if it was like suddenly really happening, of course, there would be a, a counter call. This is the problem. Suddenly there'd be a whole bunch of Jesus freaks who would move into Jesus. Yeah. 14 miles away.
1: Oh, I hate the people in Jesus Town.
0: Yeah, I know. They're, They're the, the worst. worst. Okay, well, speaking of uh Jesus town or rather of places that are named after Christian stuff, St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Um is home to a Christian affiliated college called uh or or university Hamline. I I'm sure it's Hamlin, but I'm going to call it Hamline University because that makes me giggle. Okay. Um but there has been a dust-up. No. There, has, there has been trouble no. at Hamline University. No. Uh, because a, uh, an art history instructor did a thing. Oh. Now, I actually learned something when reading about this story because I had assumed, you know, we know that if you draw a picture of the Prophet Muhammad, you will be bombed. In the modern era, <laughs> it's just kind of what they do uh, at this yeah. point, um, uh-huh. because there is a prohibition and has been for a long time, a prohibition on rendering the image of the prophet.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: they don't seem to recognize that that's for them and not for the rest of the world. But that, but so be it. They <laughs> uh. don't like that concept, right? No, no pictures of their prophet um and nor
1: and can you I, look at one
0: if one happens to exist you're not even supposed to look at it right i guess so because yeah. here's the thing this pro this professor decided to uh show an image that was a painting mm. that was of the prophet muhammad now that sounds sounds Uh-oh. like it would be bad yeah uh but let me give you a little bit of uh, a background on this A the instructor gave both written and verbal notification that this image was going to be shown hmm. and allowed students to not look at it if they opted not to. <laughs> Shield your eyes. If you don't want to see this, it's a coming. It's fine for you not to look. Okay. I think that's, that is a, a heck of a lot of over back bending.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, so there we go. That's the first thing. Here's the other thing. This was painted by a Muslim. This is oh, a 13th okay. century, I think, 14th century. Sorry, 14th century painting. Oh, and apparently, that was a thing. Oh, back in the what? middle uh, in in the Middle Ages and and in other eras, mm-hmm. the the prohibition against making images of the prophet was not. As, was not enforced in the way that it is now.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I
0: had no idea that this was true. But, uh, but our you know, uh, Religion News Service uh, reached out to several Muslim scholars hmm. who all agreed. As ah. a matter of fact, they reached out to one uh, named Omid Safi at Duke University. He's a professor of uh, Asian and Middle Eastern studies at Duke. Okay. Who said... Uh, I tell my students we're going to be looking at Muslim devotional art. Uh, I know some students may not have seen this before, and some may even have been told it's not done, but it's a historic part of the tradition. And unlike the, uh, the, the professor at Hamline, <laughs> Safi doesn't give his students a chance to get out of it. Oh. You have to look at it. Wow. Okay. And Safi is a Muslim. Okay. Okay. So wow. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway, the, this is the thing, like if you, the scholarship is clear that these images existed, that they were, that they are part of the Muslim history and the cultural history of Islam, hmm. but just like with so many religions, mm-hmm. though the scholarship is clear, though it is, though <laughs> everyone who studies it. Understands that this is normal and it's part of the thing. Mm -hmm. The people on the ground, the constituents, the 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 congregations, don't know that. Uh oh, and they freak out. Uh oh, uh oh. And we've seen this a lot with Mormons too. Like you know, it's it's it happens in all of the religions. Christians constantly have no idea what they're talking about when they talk about their own Bible. (laughs) They are wrong forever, constantly. Hmm. uh and and you know, the scholarship is clear on it and and solid. The data is there. They can point to you why they are wrong, and they just don't know. like the 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 Christians on the ground, the Muslims on the ground, the individuals within the religion have no fucking idea what their own history is.
1: Right, okay.
0: So there you go. So what happened to this professor? Wait, did you get to that? Oh, the professor has been summarily dismissed. Uh, <laughs> his, uh, Or rather, his contract has not been re-upped. Oh, that old game. Mm-hmm. Wow, all right. Uh, and a class that he was set to teach this semester has been canceled. Now, there are a lot of people calling for his reinstatement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seems appropriate. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, that is a, it, I learned something. I thought that that was really interesting. And hmm. I, I hope that that guy finds a better place than, than Hamline. Than Hamline. Nah. All right. Teaches so.
1: <laughs> All right, Dan, this story, I'm just going to say right now, if you're listening with a child or you don't like stories about sexual abuse, skip ahead. A little bit oh, okay um because this one is I, I feel the need on this one to actually get into a few of the details because it, okay. it it's i f- just feel like it's really important to the point of the whole thing right so okay. this is the story of dennis wallace perkins um a 47 year old former louisiana sheriff's deputy who has been sentenced to 100 years in state prison on uh, this last Tuesday after he pleaded guilty to one count of second-degree rape, two counts of sexual battery of a child, one count of video voyeurism, two counts of production of pornography involving children under the age of 13, uh, and one count of mingling of harmful substances, which we'll get to momentarily. Let's see. Uh, In addition to uh, testimony from victims, uh, investigators reportedly seized a trove of incriminating media when they raided the home. Perkins shared Oh, the the home that Perkins shared with his wife, who Mm. also is a part of this whole thing that we're going to be getting to. Uh, They recovered more than 2,600 photos, 300 videos, um, and 300 videos that depicted illegal content. And... Assistant Attorney General Barry Milligan, let's see, he said that um, the the case was the worst he has personally ever seen. Uh, Perkins' crimes reportedly involved two child victims, two adults, and one dog. Um, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I know.
0: I wasn't prepared for that. No, I know. The dog got me. Um, you, you, I feel like you had, you had trigger warned me for everything but the dog. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's get back to mingling of harmful <laughs> substances. Okay. Because this also, I don't know if you're ready for Dan. Um, okay. Perkins and his wife, 36-year-old Cynthia T. Perkins. Okay, here it is. Used his semen to season cake batter. Which she Ugh. then served to students at Westside Junior High School, where mm. Cynthia had been previously employed as an English teacher. Okay, mm. Um, mm. how 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 like how do you so you do it right? How do you get yeah. caught? Oh, remember all those videos they they, they uh, confiscated. Oh uh, Perkins God. filmed himself helping creating to the substance. Helping, helping to season the the cake batter, I suppose. Um, So all of this heinous, awful, horrible crime, right? Yeah. Here's what he said uh, prior to his sentence. I'm sorry. It's been more than three years living in a box and it's not about me. I just want to make this statement. Jesus Christ has forgiven me. (laughs) (laughs) okay okay wait for it wait for it and i'm grateful for that and i hope and pray that anybody that is affected will also find forgiveness and healing through jesus christ so what he's saying there in his mind he already stands a better chance of getting into heaven than any of his victims who maybe haven't accepted jesus christ yeah And that is the story. (laughs) I read this and was so fucking outraged. So just, I am so outraged by this whole thing because this is like, this is what Christian, this is what belief lets people get away with, right? This is how he's able to, he somehow has accepted Jesus Christ. And the fact that he ejaculated into cookie or, uh, into cake, um, into cake, and then served it to children. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. He's, he's forgiven. Frank. He's forgiven and somehow a better person than anybody who hasn't accepted Jesus Christ. Yeah. Including his victims.
0: Including his victims. And most especially uh, his victims. I, th- I think it's so funny because you, you get Christians talking and they will tell you, like, they can't imagine a bu- more beautiful concept then this universal forgiveness mm. that God mm-hmm. doles out, if, and all you got to do is ask. Yeah. And look, I'm a fan of forgiveness. I I have forgiven many people who have done bad, you know, wrong to me. Mm-hmm. But you, but like, j- n- shut up. Yeah. No. Yeah. In this case, this kind of forgiveness, this is not. No. Forgiveness is not for Jesus to give on this thing. No. Forgiveness is purely owned by the victims. It is not owned by any and no god owns the forgiveness yeah. for for these crimes or or any crime
1: against another person. Right? right? Like it's sick. It's really sick that like that you don't have to get the forgiveness of your victims. Right. Right. You you can right. just dream up your forgiveness to make you feel yeah. better.
0: Your imaginary friend can take care of it. Right. Don't worry about you, it.
1: You're, you apologize, yeah, to 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 Jesus, and Jesus says, oh, it's okay. It's, right?
0: you, I forgive did
1: you. Did you feed him one of the cupcakes? Right. Because right? I think if he had, he probably wouldn't.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Or at very least, you'd have to go through a a, a bit stronger of a process than just... <laughs> Dear Jeebus, I'm sorry. The end. I win. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you get to feel better
1: about yourself. Yeah. Good. Fuck
0: you. (sighs) I'm
1: so pissed by that story.
0: And I really uh, debated
1: about whether sharing it on the show because it was like, I don't like stories like that. No. But it just
0: fucking hell. It's uh yeah, it's amazing. Well. I've got some more sad news for everyone who, uh, I mean, I guess we're recording, um, as we, as we learned, we're recording on Christmas day, Merry Christmas, Frank, uh, <laughs> if you're Orthodox, right, right. We're recording on Christmas day. If you're Russian Orthodox, sorry. Uh, anywho, uh, we've missed the window to, to buy our loved ones this as a Christmas present, Aww. but there is a new product out. You may want to do it anyway. Um this is brought to us by uh the the holiest f- of all of the families in the United States of America. Okay. Um one Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> okay. has a new product uh huh, another he one has, he's uh, unleashed on the world and that is uh <laughs> the We the People Bible.
1: Oh no. Oh now, no. Now what
0: you might ask What? Did, what what work did they did they put into the Bible to give us this uh this new amazing product? By the way, the We the people I'm gonna describe it for you. For, Please I'll just do I'll just because say I'm this. I do not know what this is. It is it is as they put it, uh where they put it a tried and true King James translation, hmm, okay, which they abbreviate KJV. Now, if you notice that translation doesn't begin with a V. It's because the King James Version is not a translation. It is a version. It is a conglomeration of different translations, but it is not a translation. They don't even know that. That that is how unversed in the Bible uh, this this obvious bald-faced money grab is. The only thing that sets this whole this Bible apart from, an, from another version of the King James Bible is that it is sort of gray with black. It's, it's black on gray, Ooh. and it's got like a sort of tattered, reversed American flag oh. with the words, we the people on it. So Gross. that's it. And huh. you can have this beautiful Bible if you just want the Bible. If, you, if that's all you're looking for, you can have it for the low, low price of $69.99. That's <laughs> right. Only $70 for a bi- Bible in a version that you already have at your house. Right. Uh, but oh. it doesn't stop there. You can get the <laughs> Patriot more? bundle. Wait, there's more? But wait, there's more. <sighs> uh act now <laughs> and for only 99.99 that's a savings of $16. Oh. Uh you can $17 you can get uh the Patriot bundle which includes oh. your obviously the Bible mm-hmm. but also a challenge coin I don't know what makes it a challenge coin but okay. it's a challenge coin a commemorative coin a bookmark because, you know, you don't want to lose your place in, the, in this book that you are not, definitely never going to read. <laughs> uh, and an American flag lapel pin. Oh, wow. That's, so that's a great that's really good combination of items. Yeah. For $25 more than that, a measly $25 more than that, you uh-huh. can get the Liberty Bundle, oh. which uh, includes everything in the Patriot Bundle, but also a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, uh, These people. And for only twenty five dollars more than that, uh, you can get the Save America bundle. Oh no! Care to guess what the additional uh product is? Item is uh, that will save America? A signed photo of Donald J. Trump. It is uh, a hat. <laughs> <laughs> a gray on black baseball cap. Uh, get delivered. So uh very very oh,
1: exciting. Jesus uh, these people. Yeah. And the, the the really really sad thing is people are going to buy this.
0: A few people are. I yeah.
1: I suspect that a lot of people will.
0: Yeah. That's There's the a quote from thing. from Don Jr uh, on the website, right on the front page of the website. It says faith is being targeted and our country's founding beliefs are being targeted. That's true, but not in the way he understands it. Yeah, uh, the "We the People" Bible is restoring what there is. Uh, wh- oh, is restoring what there is an attempt to remove? Well written uh, mm-hmm, sentence there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Preservation of faith. Preservation of America. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm. Oh, God bless you, Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> I, does the Bible have a place? Can you snort Coke off of the We the People Bible? Because <laughs> that's probably the use that he would put to it.
1: Oy, oy, oy.
0: All right. Well, if you would like to tell us about the Bible you have in your home, feel free to. You can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424
1: 666 eight. 442 stick around there's more show coming up
0: well frank dan uh our favorite jerry lewis look-alike <laughs> uh shane vaughn it's so Pastor true. shane vaughn uh. you know here's the thing we're starting to get a lot of, I'm I'm starting to see a lot of pastors talking about sort of justifying all of the prophetic words that said that Trump would be back in office all of these times. We just passed another milestone, like January oh, 6th yeah. of this year was supposed to be the date that the Supreme Court reinstated him, and right. it just keeps not happening, God. and they keep having to sort of like... You know, it's, pro- it's probably something you said, man. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, listen, they don't want you to give up your faith in their Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. Oh, And Shane Vaughn
2: has some, uh, some big words about it. Only God's hand, only Yahweh's hand, the almighty Yah of Israel can save America now. And the only way he can do it is with his hands. He did it in the Old Testament through a leader called Jeroboam, And he's going to do it again with a leader called Donald Trump and an army of truth. That army of truth is you. And ladies and gentlemen, you must never give up the faith Do you even care anymore? There are some of you watching me right now that are even looking at other candidates, Ron DeSantis and others. Shame on you. Hear the voice of truth. Yahweh raised up a deliverer for the nation of America to deliver her from the lies with the strength of truth. And I don't care who takes that out of context. Be my guest. God raised up a man and he's going to raise him up again. And if you get off the Trump train, you're going to get on the trash train that goes to nowhere but the dump. The train, ladies and gentlemen, recognize the hand of God on a man recognize his hand on a leader get behind him with his flaws whatever it is get behind him and you'll be blessed i said you will be blessed yahweh has blessed me beyond your wildest imagination because i stood for donald trump i mean <laughs> <laughs> this man has a, I,
1: a nice turn of phrase I'm
0: just i say. do think that like This dude has way more money than I would imagine he would ever get for for this kind of nonsense. (laughs) So, yeah, you have been blessed beyond what I would have imagined you would be blessed. Boy, but you better stay off that trash train that goes to the dump. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Garbageville, those of you who want Ron DeSantez. Desantis. Uh yeah yeah. Did he try it? Is it me or did he try and make Ron DeSantis's name sound a little more like Mexicany?
1: Oh, maybe. Or he just literally just doesn't.
0: You know, I just just doesn't. This get is
1: one of those right. moments like, where it get becomes, those details right.
0: Yeah, this mm. is one of those moments where it becomes so clear anyone who ever writes into us and says, I just wish you wouldn't do so much politics. You're supposed to be about religion. Oh, god! literally you can't separate them. Yeah. Like it's impossible. Well, yeah. And
1: I mean, that's, that's what we talk about. Yeah. I mean, that's really what the show kind of has become is the intersection of religion and politics, you know,
0: or- because they keep doing this yeah. shit. Cause it's not us. We didn't yeah. do this. Yeah. Right? The second we, that this guy stops yelling at his people yeah. that they have to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. We, in direct violation of the laws of this land in yeah. in in terms of the Johnson amendment and whatever.
1: Like we literally wanted to make a show that made fun of like the Pope's hat. You know? <laughs> like that's that's what we wanted to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and in fairness, that hat is ridiculous. <laughs> He's got the yarmulke, and then he's got a napkin fold. Yeah. Anyway. Well, we had some some <laughs> listeners uh, reach out to us. I think I'm I'm gonna open us up with a, a voicemail from Teresa. Oh, all uh, right. Y- do you want to tell us uh, what this is? Yeah, this is uh, she's calling to talk about uh, the
1: Uni- Unitarian Universalists. Let's just let her tell the story. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: Hi, Dan. This is Teresa English, friend of the show um, and former politician. I wanted to reach out and provide perhaps something that would bring a little extra Christmas joy, and that is to get involved or attend um, your local UU uh, Unitarian Universalist church. Uh, lots of them do things that go far beyond drum circles and Saturnalia. Uh, in fact, my specific church um, is doing a huge Christmas Eve service and we will be live streaming it. I checked out the Salt Lake City UU church and they seem pretty great. So uh, here's a plug for Unitarian Universalism. It's Allows you to have the fun sorts of things like singing and harmonizing with other people along with the space to be your authentic self with all of your partners uh, which I'm sure may be important to more than one of you in your uh, household uh, so anyway, I hope that helps. Um, happy holidays, Merry Christmas and all that.
0: Well, that is lovely. Uh, I, th- I think Teresa might be surprised to learn that I've been to many a, U- a Unitarian Universalist uh, Christmas. Oh, have you? Really? I-, I have indeed. That surprises me, Dan. Uh, yeah, well, my first wife was a, a, a paid ringer in, their, in the downtown Salt Lake City uh, UU Church Choir.
1: Oh, like the
0: time. bell ringer? No, no, she was no, <laughs> like, no, she was. Uh, she was just one of. She was paid to be a, the best singer. In uh, the she was paid to, to be a good singer. Who?
1: Oh, uh, okay. Because you know that's a right. thing. Bell choirs are
0: yes. It is. It is. Ringer might be. A conf- I can see how that would be a confusing term, uh, in this context. But no, she would. She was paid to be in the choir and and keep it sounding nice. Mm. Uh, so I would go. Okay. And uh, and Teresa's right. Like. It, If nothing else, it is delightful to watch the the pastor and the, you know, the hymnal and everything bending over backwards to try to keep Jesus out of Christmas. It is (laughs) hilarious. It is delightful. It is literally, you open up the hymnal and then, you know, now we're going to sing joy to the world. And I'm like, how are they going to do this one? And it's literally... Joy to the world. The word is come. They've changed. They just, they can't. It is a hoot to watch. And the nice thing, and I will say this, the nice thing about it is that what you have, unlike Mormon church that you and I grew up in, it is refreshing to have someone with, you know, a doctorate degree Mm. in giving a good talk. Yeah, you know what I mean. You it, and it's nice to be able to go and and have someone, you know, invoke the poets and the philosophers, mm. and you know, you, you you hear you hear some great. If you've got a good one, a you know a a good uh pastor, you hear some really touching, very deep, very moving sermons. Yeah, and I like that. What I didn't like was that anyone who thinks that you and I are too liberal on our show uh <laughs> needs to go to a a you a, a unitarian universalist thing cuz it shit gets political in that building. <laughs> and that? I was just I I wasn't there for that. Yeah. Well, even though I agreed with it, I was just like this is a bit much, you guys. Yeah. You guys are it's a bit much. Yeah.
1: I think it's it's a good one to point out that the unitarian yeah. universalists are there. Definitely. And, if, uh, if
0: you're missing the 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 community of church that you had with church, that is a fucking good option for you. You don't know, you don't have to. They don't care what you believe. You know, two of the people, two of the the women that were in the choir with my wife were you know these lesbian pagan witches. Yeah, and and that was that was nobody had a problem with that. Everybody they were there. to because they like to sing in a group and they were welcome. That's awesome. Anyway, uh, we, uh, you know what, actually let's do the other voicemail. Oh now. yeah. No. Yeah. This one, uh, is
1: a, uh, someone's sharing a story about an experience that he had on a plane hmm. and just sort of the, the ways that people sort of the, the religious people that they feel sort of, a, a right Mm. To kind of butt into your business, I guess.
0: Oh, my God. Do they ever. <laughs> All right. Here we go.
4: Hi, Frank and Dan. This is Mark. I've called you guys a couple times. Um, I just had a little short, uh, short story about sort of religious over overstepping. Um, I was on a plane to Sacramento, California, and um, this was to go to something called M-E-P-S, Military Entrance Processing Service, as I'm joining the Coast Guard. And I brought two books along. I brought ASVAB for Dummies, which is just a study book for a test I was going to have to take. And the second book was The Founding Myth by Andrew Seidel. On the plane, I had a gentleman to my right who first observed me reading the ASVAB for Dummies book. And he said to me, hey, I see you're studying for the ASVAB. What service are you going into? I said, U.S. Coast Guard. He said, thank you for your future service, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're happy to see you joining. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. And sort of parted ways from that conversation. And I got bored of that. So I pulled out my second book, which again, The Founding Myth by Andrew Seidel. And I was on a particularly skating page on Christian nationalism when I found myself being observed. The gentleman on my right yet again, um, is, I sort of gazing at the pages and I knew it was coming. He asks, What are you reading? And I say, Well, it's a founding myths. Sort of a review on Christian nationalism and how it's a current problem in the United States. He says, Are you a believer? And I say, No, I'm not. Uh I just feel that people's religious beliefs and opinions shouldn't influence American, you know, culture and, and politics. So he says, Okay, well, you're joining the military. What if you die? Have you thought about that? <laughs> it went from a cordial, um, thank you for, you know, joining to what if you die? Which, you know, I found that to be a gross overstep from a, a, a random ass guy sitting on a plane next to me. And we had a sort of a, a semi, you know, civil conversation about. <sighs> christianity and you know problems with the bible and why i don't believe and uh, it was just you i don't see that as appropriate and i don't think you guys would either so i just thought i'd share it um thank you guys keep up the podcast it's the peak of my week have a good one bye-bye
0: what if you die mark <laughs> mark uh, is They they think they've got such a gotcha. I mean, literally, if someone said that to me, I don't know that I'd be able to prevent myself from going, oh, my God, I hadn't thought of that. I'm mortal. (laughs) Well, now that changes everything. Uh, Yeah. What a fucking dipshit response. First first of all,
1: uh, there's I mean, there's just something like, I guess, I guess. What if you die? That's like the, isn't that the elephant in the room of military service? You don't come out and say it. No. Like, it's, it's outrageous.
0: It's, it's uh, you know, listen, I had a friend who one one time his his buddy went to jail. And when he got out, the first thing my friend said to him, because my friend was an idiot, was, so did you get raped? <laughs> no. There are certain things you don't say. <laughs> To a person in a specific situation. There's always, yeah, and reminding a military person, like, you literally just canceled out your thank you for your service. That nice thing you said before, you just canceled that. You're going to die and you're going to hell. Yeah, exactly. What a piece of shit. And yeah, maybe a, maybe a little bit all the way rude. To first, just don't read over somebody's shoulder oh it's a plane it's a plane everything yeah everything about that was wrong
1: you're so close to the person
0: yeah it's true i I mean you you can
1: feel them reading over your shoulder i'm i'm sure but
0: but but yeah if somebody's reading a book next to you you kind of glance you always you're gonna do the glance you gotta
1: know you gotta know what they're up to like who are you sitting next to you you kind of got to know.
0: But this is a call to all of you who travel frequently and read on the plane. This is the kind of book you need to be reading. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. yourself The Founding Myth by Seidel. Get yourself anything about, you know, the satanic temple or any, like, let's shock some people. Yeah. And, and then be, be yeah. prepared for what's, <laughs> what's about to come. But I'm proud of you for reading Seidel. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Carlos wrote into us to say, hi, Frank and Dan. I jokingly refer to myself as a recovering Pentecostal Christian. Hmm. That's not a joke. That takes recovery. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't need to joke about that. That is legit. (laughs) Um, I I jokingly refer to myself as a recovering Pentecostal Christian who used to work as an ordained minister of music. Oh, Uh Uh, I've had firsthand encounters with money hungry pastors who pretend to be holy and righteous from behind the pulpit, but quick to throw their employees under the bus for their own (laughs) self-preservation. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For example, one of my former pastors denied a recently widowed woman with kids financial help because she, quote, didn't pay her tithes. Wow. I argued that if she could contribute, she wouldn't need any help. I was told to remember my place. My livelihood was often in jeopardy if I didn't comply with the pastor's wishes. Oh, it was so bad that a doctor told me I was a candidate for ulcers if I didn't change some things in my life. I eventually left the church and can honestly say that I am extremely happy. Plus, well it's nice having uh, every weekend off due to whatever the hell I, to do whatever the hell I want. Yeah, it's glorious. Yeah, that's a boy. It's it's so much upside when you leave. Uh Shows like yours uh, have helped me deconstruct much of the spiritual abuse and bullshit I endured. Hmm. I thank you for that. You guys are amazing, and I always bring a sinful yet satisfying smile to my face. Hmm. Uh, if you guys grant me a title, uh, and this is because uh, Carlos has given us some money, so we w- are going to grant you this title. Carlos, you are now that gassy old dude who sings off key and shakes a tambourine at awkward moments. Bye. So. Congratulations! We'll still give you some magic powers. I'm not sure which ones are associated with gassy old dude, but patriarch. Uh, that's, a, <laughs> the, that's the truth uh, of of the thing. They are gassy old dudes, so that sounds about right. Anyway, thank you so much, Carlos, for uh, for that letter and for your contribution. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other people to thank? We do
1: indeed, Dan. We have a new priest over on Patreon. Uh, Jim so thank you Jim Um, and if you'd like to join all of our supporters uh, in supporting the show uh, you can do so go to our website thankgodimatheist.com and click on the support tab if you're looking for Patreon it's over on the right and uh, as always we have our top donor to thank our
0: lord and savior Davis more show coming up Well, Frank. Dan. Listen, uh are, are you a superstitious man? Do you have any superstitions that that, that you cling to? That you No,
1: I've 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 let go of the superstitions, but you know, even though it wasn't part of like Mormonism, you know, I grew up with the dumb ones, right? That you get told. And sometimes I'm still just like, you know, like don't walk under a ladder, right? <laughs> Like, yeah, why not? Like, this seems more practical. cracks.
0: Yeah, or it seems
1: more practical advice rather than superstition, right? Like, well, yes, indeed. You know, uh, what if the ladder slips or somebody falls off of it while you're underneath it, right? Like, it makes sense. The rule, don't walk under the ladder makes sense. But the superstition that it's, what, seven years bad luck or something like that?
0: Or whatever, yeah, I, I mean I'll, I think that's how a lot of superstitions start, not certainly not all, but a lot of them start with something that's practical mm-hmm. you know i'm I'm a theater actor, and hmm. we theater actors, theater people tend to have a lot of superstitions oh, yeah it, it there's a range, yeah, but a lot of the superstitions that theater people have had honest starts, hmm. like for instance, you don't whistle in a theater, oh you are not supposed. Nobody's supposed to whistle in a theater. Now that started with uh, the fact that back when they started to have set like like background set pieces, yeah. they would that that would come flying in from above. Yeah. The, what the only people that knew how to rig such a thing were sailors oh. who were used to rigging rope systems. Oh sure. That you could then you know lower something and or raise something. So uh they would call to each other they would cue each other with sailor whistles ah so you know if if it was time to lower the the you know the 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 house background uh-huh they'd give a little whistle and then down would come the uh the you know the house background but if you were backstage just whistling gleefully to yourself you might cue a set piece to come in that wasn't meant to come
1: uh, in. Oh, so sure. Yeah.
0: That's the legend behind the, uh, you You don't whistle in the theater. Sounds legit. But here's the thing. Superstitions are so
1: dumb. <laughs> well, like what, what happens to you if you whistle in the theater? Like what's connected is, because that's the thing, all these like, you know, like knock on wood. The thing yeah. you just said is going to happen if you don't knock on wood, right?
0: Right. Um, wh- whistling in the theater is just like this sort of taboo, this bad luck thing. If, however, you break the taboo of saying the name of the Scottish play, <laughs> Macbeth, in the theater, and you're not doing that play, Uh-oh. uh oh, there's a whole rigmarole you got to go through. And it's different for different, you know, d- different traditions, whatever. But generally speaking, it's something along the lines of you have to leave the, gr- the building. And you have to, like, have, you know, turn around three times and spit and say the oh, yeah. worst swear word you can think of and then ask for permission to reenter the theater. There's a whole rigmarole. Oh, my God. Like, in this day and age, I wouldn't say those words. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I don't say that word in the theater, <laughs> but not because of superstition. <laughs> it's just that a lot of people actually believe in the bad luck. Ah. And uh, what you don't want is your fellow actors worrying about bad luck what do they think you're, you, doing like show. you're gonna
1: have a flop or the opening night will be a disaster or
0: yeah that's, any number of things uh, okay. or, or trips you know, and falls people dying every actor has a st- if you're in theater long enough you have a story about something happening you know i i had well when i was in college somebody said Macbeth <gasps> backstage at no. a show and then a set piece actually did fall on an actor. Oh my god. Probably didn't happen on the same night, but now the story forever is that it happened on the same night. Right. And it broke her like collarbone or her shoulder bone. Or Jesus like Christ. It was a big heavy set piece. So you don't Anywho, so
1: nobody says Macbeth anymore.
0: No nobody ever yeah, you're not you're definitely not supposed to fuck with that one. Right. Um, and I don't like. I don't have any superstition about it whatsoever. But I still don't do it because there is a psychological question uh, uh, yeah. that comes into play. Yeah. But you, you know, we got this. You had pointed out that one of the stories you were considering talking about, right, was that Russia, <laughs> the Russian, uh, you know, Putin and his things, they're genuinely worried that the West has developed psychic uh weaponry (laughs) against them because they're
1: so superstitious
0: right they're so superstitious (laughs) so and it's funny because what you know they are and and yes the cia did at some point uh do some research into you know psychics and telekinesis and all kinds of stuff but so did the soviets Uh, back in the day so did everybody yeah like the reason that we know the name, Yuri um, uh, Geller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is because, like, literally, I think he was being studied by, who was it? Was it, it was like uh, Harvard professors oh. or something who were genuinely buying his bullshit. Right. They couldn't um, figure out how
1: he could bend those spoons with his mind. Yeah,
0: impossible. <laughs> There's no way he's tricking us. Therefore, it must be true. Uh, mm. Which, of course, all of it was exposed. By uh the amazing yeah. Randy later on, which is great.
1: What did he have against um, like spoons? Because it was always spoons. <laughs> right?
0: Bend a fork, man. <laughs> you can't do forks. Anyway, uh it's funny. I was at a I was at a Chinese restaurant uh just yesterday mm. and saw one of those lucky cats with the arm that yeah, goes up and they're, down. They're so cute. And I just thought. There is so much... First of all, there is money to be made if you can convince some somebody that something is lucky. Oh, right, yeah. If you can convince a group of people... The Chinese culture is... There's a lot of luck mm. shit mm-hmm. in Chinese culture. Yeah. They have, you know, they don't like the number four, I think. I think that's their elevator. That's their version of 13. Oh, okay. Our elevators don't have a 13. Their elevators don't have a, a floor four. Mm. Uh, they, uh, they don't like, I have a friend listener to the show and, and friend of the show who, uh, who married a Chinese guy and she was at their family restaurant helping out. She was sweeping up and she was getting ready to sweep all of the dirt out the front door. Like you do. You don't want it in, you want it out. (laughs) And this her, her the little Chinese grandma came running out yelling no 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 because you would she would sweep the luck right oh out of the right out of the restaurant yeah huh uh, and it's easy to look at the uh, superstitions of other cultures and go <laughs> stupid <laughs> yeah and Except not we, necessarily yeah. turn inward and go yeah but dude you wear the same socks every time your team plays right because you don't you, want to. You're convinced because the one time you didn't wear those socks, they lost.
1: Yeah, because that's what's helping them win.
0: That right. makes so much sense. Well, and you know that data point is all the proof anybody needs. <laughs> you have one data. Have they lost while you were wearing the socks? Yes. Right. But that's not the point. Right. Apparently, it's a, it's it, superstition, magical thinking in general. Mm. is just so insidious and here's the thing Mm -hmm. i it yeah i mean no but like they these things linger
1: the whole idea of tempting fate right by by saying something that you know you really want to to happen and you say it out loud right you're tempting fate like now it can't happen right
0: well the opposite is also true Mm. this is what's amazing Yes, yes, you could, you could jinx it mm-hmm. by saying it out loud, mm-hmm. but the opposite superstition is now much more popular, which is that you're putting it out into the universe, oh. and the universe is going to deliver it to you. <laughs> that isn't... The... Correct. Yeah. The t- and guess what? Yeah. Huh. Neither is true! Right. Universe doesn't give a fuck what happens to you, but also <laughs> saying a thing doesn't jinx it. Right. What is possibly true is that there are psychological reasons why you may or may not want to speak aloud your goals.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Uh,
0: I don't. I haven't done any research into that. I know that I have seen that sometimes actually saying your goals too many times can trick your brain into thinking that you've actually done the thing, and okay. therefore you you reduce the chance that you that you'll fully achieve it because somewhere in your brain. The reward center has already rewarded you for doing it because you've talked about it so much. Hmm. Um, but I don't know about that. I don't, I, I don't know a lot about that sort of thing. What I do know is a lot of people feel like their belief in luck or their belief in magical thinking is actually positive in their lives. Hmm. Uh, and I don't, I don't know about that. I don't have enough data to, to question that. But yeah, a lot of people feel better because they, you know, if they walk into their their, you know, their meeting and they have their lucky pen with them, mm. they feel a little more confident. And I think that there's something like there's something to that. Sure. Something to, the, you know, the ritual of that. The I feel more confident when I ha- I have imbued this object with the sort of psychological concept of, of my own confidence, and therefore, you know, while I'm holding it, I remind myself to be confident or whatever. But what happens when you forget the pen? Now you panic. Now you've fucked yourself. Yeah. Instead of imbuing you with that confidence, you've externalized it yeah. and made it something that's not about yourself. And that seems, that strikes me as a bad idea. Hmm. I don't know. What do
1: you, what do you think? Well, I mean that specifically like, you know, the whole, I, it's obvious the, the scenario you just described, it's kind of a little imposter syndrome thing, right? Like where Mm. you're like not, uh, fully believing in yourself. So you have this little, little ritual or whatever, little object. Um, and that, I mean, there's, there, there can be a psychological need, right? For these things. Yeah. I, think, I think maybe not overdoing it, right? Like, if, yeah. that, if that makes you feel a little bit better for whatever reason, you know, maybe don't cold turkey it, but work, <laughs> you need to work through it, you know? Yeah. Like, I used to, I, for the longest time, I would, it was a joking thing of knocking on wood. Oh, knock on wood. Right? Right. But then at a certain point, I realized, wait, if I don't knock on wood... Right, like I actually feel like a compulsion now,
0: yeah. To like, oh, I just, I just said something, and I ah, they don't walk
2: on wood,
0: right? So, yeah, so even the little, if it starts as a joke or as, yeah. as something innocent, I didn't believe it. Your brain it. could latch onto it. Yeah, I rationally did not
1: believe it, and yet it's still there. Was still a little bit of a compulsion there. I don't, I don't feel that anymore,
0: right? But um, yeah, you can, you can work your way out of it. Yeah, but it's pretty easy as you know our brains are kind of wired for superstition yeah so it's pretty e- i've done the same thing i've i've worked myself into a thing where it's like you do the thing as a joke you do mm-hmm. the thing as cuz it's fun mm-hmm. you believe you know you want to just do tarot cards cuz it it's kind of cute and fun and whatever right. right and then it start and then like you start to not want to fuck with it right well and then it becomes a thing that your your brain kind of locks into a little bit well, you yeah. know what i mean and then it and and that's when it becomes like, oh, shit, this thing has a little bit of control over me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not it wasn't super. I mean, it is superstition, but like it was presented as religion um, saying a blessing on the your fucking dinner. Yeah, it's still to this day. If I sit down to dinner with a bunch of people and we all pause <laughs> before starting to eat. There's, and someone will invariably make the joke yeah. of who's going to say the blessing, right? Because, because all, it feels, all my friends because, are ex Mormon, right? So, right, like, right. And it's like, so culturally, we all sort of share that and we all clearly feel it because somebody sooner or later will will kind of make the joke. We just had a big dinner for New Year's Eve and somebody made the joke. Yeah. And it's just like, it's these things are insidious you know because oh my god this food is not going to nourish and strengthen my body unless <laughs> i ask dear heavenly father
0: to do it. unless unless jesus makes it <laughs> nourishing unless we do it in the name of jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> yeah it it is funny i mean a lot of people leave their church but don't leave behind the magical thinking they hold yeah. on to some part of their magical thinking and i don't blame them that doesn't make you stupid or anything like that. No, but I think that there is like there are potential negative consequences to it mm. when you give away your autonomy, your power, mm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in and in, in favor of some thing out there that isn't that you have no control over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you got the car's got to drive by three times or it's not going to whatever the fuck it is (laughs) Right. you're you're literally just handicapping yourself
1: yeah absolutely
0: so I'm again it I don't like it (laughs) myself Dan has an
1: official position everyone it's
0: not for me anyway (laughs) but I would like to hear from our listeners I would like to hear what are your superstitions what do you like about them I'm, I'm sure there are people who feel really good about their, uh, you know, some superstitious belief that they've got.
2: Uh, and I want to yeah. hear about
1: it. Well, I want to hear about the processing out of it, right? Like, what is what mm. superstition did you have that now you look back on and think is really funny,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I, I am sure that some stories will be forthcoming. Please feel free to write into us. We want to hear about it. The, uh, the Place to Do So podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message
1: and tell us all about it. The telephone number is 424-666-8442.
0: Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist, and click on the like button.
1: And if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, you can do so. Uh, just go to our website, atheist.com slash only to join.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey... Thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their beautiful music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.